0: What defines a classic? What warrants an award? As we wind down from this, I mean, it really is award season. Some of it's interesting and some of it, it's overload. It's overload. And leading up to the Academy Awards, which has always intrigued me, because it is a popularity contest. It's political. Welcome to the Dr. Seuss Film Podcast. It's your moment in the sun. Not everyone gets that moment in the sun. I mean, you think of, I've said this before, you think of Peter O'Toole, who was nominated eight times and got an honorary Oscar. And even Peter O'Toole was not thrilled by that. Because when he received the honorary Oscar, he says, I'm not dead yet. Because he was aware... That time was fleeting Especially for an actor of his stature And so here we are Screen Actors Guild is coming up Um, And then there's that other award show That's kind of laid back Which is the Independent Spirit Awards I love independent cinema Because you can make it You can make it now You can make it on your phone you can do it in parts, you can split it into twos, but it is a, it is an independent film. It is funded by you. And how do you get it out there? You upload it. You upload it. Whether it's television, whether it's film, it is all digitally there for you. You know, those of us who back it up, you know, when you do an MP3, an MP4, yeah, yeah. The fact that a film that you could watch in the privacy of your own home is receiving all of this acclaim and adulation and accolades says something about the industry. Now, yeah, the industry has rules. Some of them are stupid rules where it has to premiere in a theater in order for it to be eligible. And then there was that instance of how a grassroots organization to help an actress whose film only made $28,000 get a nomination. But then there's also the controversy that there were not women of color in the lead categories as well as in the lead acting categories for the males. So it's always something. It's always something this awards season, you know, this is more deserving. I always it always gets me, and I have to be careful when I read those articles, where it says deserving but will win. So they've already designated this won't win, but this is more deserving. But this is gonna win because it's subpar. Who does that? Five performances, and only and you can only pick one. And that's you know, I I saw a really profound interview tonight. It was about, you know, emotions and trauma and think about that, you know, you're up you're up for an award and then you don't win. And then you have to leave with your tail between your legs. And it's such a thing as pride. And then there are those who oh it doesn't matter. It's the nomination. And then there are those such as Ellen Burston Burston. I'm so tired of excuse me. Who when she was nominated for Alice doesn't live here anymore, and she said she felt this grasping because she was up against Jenna Rollins, who was up for a woman under the influence. And and, and Ellen said she should have won an Oscar for that. But then she's like, but not my award. She said, oh, but she should have won, but not my award. My award. The funny thing is that when you die, your heirs have to offer that Oscar back to the Academy. Is it for like a dollar? Because it's not truly yours. Unless you plan to be buried with it, I don't know. Let's ask Daniel D. Lewis. (laughs) Let's ask him. Hey, supposedly he's retired. Doesn't act anymore. And then there are those who, you know, your method. And it gets you an award. And then people, you know, the hater aid, And I, I understand that. And I understand that. And there's this article out about Jeremy Strong of a succession. First of all, I'm such a fan. And I believe in the the method behind the madness. So I believe in the method. Whether he like, others like it or not. You know, I I respect him because he realizes he has to distance himself from what everyone else says and just do it because he does it the way he knows it. That's what he's expected of himself. There's this article out in GQ, um, and I want to state this. I'm, I'm such a fan of Six Section. Um, and this is from Jeremy Strong. I'm, I'm on the rack. I feel a sense of really wanting to now that we're on the one-yard line. Finish this season and possibly the show in a way that delivers a real payload of what's what this journey has been. On the verge of what may be the end of succession and the character that made his career, Jeremy Strong talks bidding farewell to Kendall Roy, his playlist for season four, being featured in Frank Ocean's merch at the Lincoln bio. Whoa. Whoa. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I have such a profound respect for Jeremy Strong and what he does as an actor. And it's along the lines of Daniel Day Lewis. Maybe something even stronger than Daniel Day Lewis. Because not all actors are the same. And we could, you know, that's why. Nominating five performances And then But only one can win Only one There's no tie There has not been a tie In acting since 1969 Okay Since the 1968 Oscars Which were given out in 1969 by the way So don't get a twist That I know about the years and how Ingrid Bergman opens that envelope and says, there they are. The best performances of 1968. Yeah. And there were two winners. Catherine Hepburn for The Lion in Winter and Barbara Streisand for Funny Girl. That has never happened ever since. It probably never will happen. I've always wanted it to happen, but you know, you want things and they don't happen. It's like when you make that wish and you You should never tell people what you wished for. And here we are. Awards. (sighs) People are still talking about the Grammys. Who they really feel deserve to win. It's over. It's over. We can talk about it for a decade or more, but it's over. It's over. And that's where I'm kind of like... The awards kind of show burnout It's like alright let's live our lives Let's just kind of (laughs) You know (laughs) And then there are those who are deserving And they don't get it You know But we feel they're deserving as the viewer Like the Pale Blue Eye Which was just so phenomenally amazing That I absolutely loved it I absolutely loved it And I I wanted to mention that Because a friend had seen it and loved it or the Northman, which I absolutely loved. Not everyone loved it. I loved it, though. And that's the thing where if it if it makes a mark with you, that's all that matters. I've always said that about this podcast. If one person is listening consistently, that's all that matters. You have that person. That's how you are in life. If you have that person and the entire room is, you know, melting. But you have that person. You are on the same plane. Okay. So that's why, you know, I talk about these things. And, um, yeah, you know, I think we expect that gold star. I remember as a kid, you know, you get the gold star. You get the honor roll. But, you you know, I remember I would do it, but I would never think about it. Thinking, oh, this is going to get me the honor roll. I never thought about it. I would just do it because that was... I liked doing the work, I liked getting my work turned in on time, and I liked asking those questions, and, you know, and then life happens, and um, the only time I, like, I made the dean's list once in college, right before I graduated, I went out on top, as I would say, And they, but I had no intention of doing that, I, I wanted to finish what I started, you know? And and I think when we when you get the the Academy Awards, there is that burnout. But at the same time it's like, okay, we're gonna finish what we started. It started at this festival, it started at the Toronto Festival, it started at Sundance, it started at um Cannes, it started, you know, at an independent cinema festival. But it started. And now this is this is the moment that's why I love it when independent films win Because it's not just a win For the film It's a win for the independent film community Because then it lets people know Okay This is how it's done This is a representation Of what you do With a budget You know it's I mean think about it And, and we'll go back to To Leslie. Which stars Andrea Riceborough and Mark Marin. And um, Mark Marin really eviscerated the academy and their stupid rules. And they do have stupid rules. They really do have stupid rules. And, and it's been an academy, it's been an institution since 1929. Should that institution change? Well, that's up to those who run it. Yeah, they want inclusivity, but do they really want it? You can say one thing and you can do another. You you know, people, people won't always say what they mean or what they feel. And as a podcaster, I'm aware of that. So sometimes you just have to stand back and like, boom, let it happen. What's going to happen at the Academy Awards? I don't know. Now that the Grammys are over, it's kind of like, okay, okay. All right. Let's see what happens. Let's see what goes down. What's going to go down? What's going to go down? Is it going to uh, Is it going to be something good? Is it going to be something bad? Is it going to be something where everyone's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they did that." him not believe they did that alright and then you know there's, it's that moment like where uh, someone who does a performance that everyone loves or is terrified by Sir Anthony Hopkins and wins I will always go to Sir Anthony Hopkins because that performance in Silence of the Lambs solidified him if he had never won anything ever again, it was that performance. And he'd been nominated multiple times. And then what happens? 29 years to the day, he wins again for The Father. And he is now and still for the oldest winner of the Best Actor Oscar. Even he didn't think he was going to win. He thought Chadwick Boseman was going to win. And he, and, and he uh, brought that into light during his assessment Because he didn't show up He brought that to light during his acceptance speech In 2021 So you know He knew that Even though he was not favored to win And he won And he thanked those who voted for him You know And then there are those who don't get it Like I just mentioned Peter O'Toole Or like last night I mentioned Denzel Washington being nominated for Malcolm X and did not win. But even he understood, because who was nominated against him? Al Pacino, who had never won. That was the Academy's way of kind of tying, that's what they do. That's what they do, they tie up loose ends. You know, this is not the performance they wanted to give it to Al for. They, I'm sure they wanted to give it to him for The Godfather, but they didn't feel he was ready. Or for Serpico, or for Dog Day Afternoon, or Godfather Three. Um, that's that's kind of you know that's kind of the tricky situation there. Is is it a lifetime achievement award? Some have said that about Scorsese for The Departed. I absolutely love The Departed, but I can see that because you know you you and that's the thing you have to compare with Goodfellas, which is such a Fa- fabulous film, but it, it didn't. It didn't win. So that's the other thing: is oh, you didn't win. Big letdown. And then nobody wants to sit at the party table with you at the after the Oscars because you didn't win. Now, when you win, they want to sit with you. It's it's a popularity contest. It truly is. And you feel for those who didn't win. They're nominated. They are forever known as a nominee. It's like the year that Bill Murray didn't win and Billy Crystal. oh Billy. And Billy loves Bill. And said, Go, oh, don't go, Bill. Don't go, Bill. Because you know, Bill Murray wanted to win. I don't think he expected he was gonna win, but he wanted to win. You know what I mean? Um so there's that. There's that. And so back to you know, what Helen Burst Ellen Burston said about that grasping and how she called it her award, okay? When she, even she felt, oh, but wait a minute, there's Jenna Rollins. Jenna Rollins later got an honorary Oscar. Such a profound, um, because she is forever connected to her late husband, John Cassavetes, and what they built. And, and this is not an empire what they built as a couple because they made these films and funded them themselves they basically made films with their friends everyone wants to do that and then to be acknowledged by the academy like that with a nomination that's where sometimes it's the nomination alone but then for other people to say well janice should have won and for Ellen Burson to say, "Oh, she should have won, but not my award. Oh, but not my award." Okay. And then it's it's like something out of you know, a beauty queen. You know, you have to relinquish the title. In a year, okay, you gotta have to relinquish, but do but you get to keep your award, you know. Or I don't know if the beauty queens do they have different crowns or tiaras? I don't know. I I don't do research on that, but so yeah it's a it's a it's a popularity contest but I'm always happy for those in the technical categories because and I have friends who work in the technical categories what what it does to to make a film like that you've got your cinematographer and you've got your sound editor and sound mixer and your production designer and costume design oh, and make up Okay. Then you have you know the the arranger who arranges a score and then you have the director who has to cull it all together and the editor, oh my god. The editor really that is who makes that film the vision that we all see before us. That's why my hat will always be off to film Thelma Schoolmaker who is Scorsese's editor and they've been working together for, oh jeez since the beginning you know, most most directors use different editors but Scorsese, him and Thelma, it's like you know that's, that's pretty profound right there or you know, how certain directors use the same actor or the same, you know, how Spielberg and John Williams. Come on. That's like Batman and Robin right there. And how his scores... What they do to the film. You do not have jaws without the score. Because what happened? You couldn't see the shark. So then they had to rely on... Kind of this Hitchcockian... You know... You don't see it, but you know it's there. You don't see the shark until you know you see the shadow and you hear the music but you don't see the actual shark until an attack okay and then you see the blood and then you see and then you hear the music and then the, and and how it's all cut together and then the close up okay so yeah it it is it is, a, it is an art form the motion picture arts and sciences so yeah that's you know so that's why for them to go out and say well out of these five you get it okay you get the sash you get the tiara (laughs) as I say that I think of uh, one of my favorite characters from the 80s and that's Delta Burke as Suzanne Sugarbaker who was this former beauty queen and that was her moment of triumph was being a beauty queen being a former beauty queen but then her you know evolution as a person realizing she's not the beauty queen anymore but then she has so much more to give as a person okay so to quote Peter O'Toole who called the Oscars statues made of snow and they melt yeah Now the interviewers, the interviewers always some of them I think they you know, they're some interviewers are sadists. They know to ask that question because they know the rise they're gonna get. Okay. They just know. It's gonna make or break the interview, basically. So to ask someone, oh, were you sad that you didn't win? And there was an interviewer in the 70s And he asked Diana Ross Were you upset that she didn't win the Oscar? Of course she was She's not going to lie Or you ask um, Cicely Tyson Are you upset you didn't win the Oscar? No But I did get my honorary Oscar And she didn't say honorary She said her Oscar Because she knew She had it So these perform, or even James Earl Jones, oh my god, wasn't even nominated for. Um, See how tired I am because I forget the name. Don't worry, my memory is good. It's just um, Field of Dreams. He was nominated, he wasn't even nominated for Field of Dreams. You know, Kevin Costner wasn't, but if you look at Okay, James Earl Jones and Burt Lancaster, what they brought as actors to Field of Dreams. And both should've been nominated and were Should've though, because shoulda, coulda, woulda. So, it's, it's an industry, it's an industry event because the industry is bestowing this, because this is like, and you know, the film public, we, we can only watch from the sidelines. You know. I mean. You know. I'll, I'll quote. Ingrid Bergman. When she won the third Oscar. and She's like. Oh it's always good to win an Oscar. But she says. But in the past. You know. He always comes at the wrong time. And she was right. And that's where she. What she did. Was so beautiful. Because she saw Valentina. And she realized that Valentina should have won. Because Ingrid Burton already had two Oscars. One for Gaslight and one for Anastasia, or we say Anastasia. So, yeah, it's it's a tough, it's a tough thing. Or for a kid to be nominated for an Oscar and then lose. You know, that happened to Jodie Foster the first time she was nominated for Taxi Driver. She lost. Then she won years later. First for The Accused, and then for Silence of the Lambs. Or Justin Henry, who was nominated for Kramer vs. Kramer, and he lost. He lost to Melvin Douglas for being there. Melvin Douglas was, you know, getting on in years. Or, you know, you think of, uh... I, I saw a story Rosie Perez once told where her father... They were at the Oscars, and Rosie was nominated. And he turns and says, you did such a great job, but the kid's going to get it. And he was right, and Anna Paquin got it. And then Anna Paquin, her reaction to winning that Oscar, and how she kept it in the closet when she was growing up because she didn't want her friends to see it. She didn't want it to draw attention away from her. That This is, you know, or, or Tatum O'Neill. It's you know, it's it's a it's a hard sell right there. Tatum O'Neill that's the only time she's ever nominated she wins her first film and how the you know then there's that pressure to Okay, can I can I top this? No. But she you know, she did a lot of films and she did a lot of plays and television and things that she's proud of and yeah so there's that shiny moment she you know she really played that part so well in Paper Moon with her father she eclipsed her father I'm sure she didn't want that and her father was jealous that she not only was nominated for the Oscar but then she won so yeah it's uh it's a weird ball game that Academy Award. And as a filmmaker, as an artist, I trained as an actor. All actors, that's what they talk about. One day when I give that Oscar speech, not everyone gets there. Or then they want it for the lead and they get it for supporting. You know, there's a lot to be said about a supporting character. There, there really is, there's a lot to be said and they usually are the ones you you see them and they do their thing and then they disappear for a bit and then they come back and because they are you remember them you know, whether it's Lauren Picall and the mirror has two faces or Juliette Binoche and um, the English patient or Angelina Jolie and Girl interrupted that, that right there is a lead, but she's in the supporting category, you know. Because when we think of girl interrupt, okay, you know, that's one owner rider. but then you're like, oh, but wait, there's Angelina Jolie, and then, but then there's also Brittany Murphy, may she rest in peace. That performance, there's so many, or, or will Goldberg there's so much going on in a film and it's uh, how do you single out these performances the academy does that they get their magic ray gun and they signal out these performances and single out and someone wins and someone loses so you know and then the cinematographers and then the the art director and, oh my goodness I think if they could just give an award to everyone that worked on the film that's what the Screen Actors Guild Award does they give it to an ensemble, they give it to the cast that's their way of, of awarding, you know, I mean for me I loved the Banshees of Inassurance I absolutely loved it I loved Brenda Glees' performance, I loved Carrie, um, what is her name? I want to get her name right. I that that was an exceptional cast. If I could give it to a cast who really, but then you have everything everywhere all at once, also a really great cast. So then it's like, oh shoot, the fact that you have to signal out, single out these characters. Colin Farrell. I would give it to him because that's such a performance. Because that's not a performance that he usually gives. Brendan Gleeson, who's just phenomenal. Kerry Condon. Oh, my goodness. And then Barry, uh, how do you say his name? Oh, he is just brilliant. He is brilliant. He won the BAFTA. That's the other thing. The British Academy Awards. That's an interesting thing. Interesting. Beer, Barry Keoghan. I think I said it right. I hopefully I did. Okay. So, but then you have like I said the actress from everything everywhere all at once and supporting. And then you have Michelle yo, and then you're like, "Oh my goodness. And, you know, Kate Blanchett's always brilliant, but then but then it's kind of like, okay, but you already have two. So then there's that. Okay. It's you know, you got to share the wealth. Yes, I get it. Performances People were saying that about Daniel Day-Lewis when he was nominated. And he won for Lincoln. But, oh, wait. There's this performance. So, yeah, it's tough. And someone of the voters have to single out those performances. There is no tie. I think a couple in 2012, there was a tie for editing. I think it was uh, uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And it was another film trying to remember but yeah you know um, the Academy the Academy was really started according to Robert Osborne may he rest in peace oh I loved Robert Osborne as someone who it was his duty in life to not only share the knowledge of classic film but the love of classic film okay and how the Academy was really started to block unions from coming into Hollywood. Yeah. Because if you were a part of the Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, hello. You were a part of the Academy. And then it became the Oscar. There are so many different stories to why it's really called the Oscar. There's Betty Davis, and you know, there's maybe a reporter called it that. Yeah. But it's it's it was originally called the Academy Award of Merit. That's originally what it was called. Okay. And in the, the early founding fathers and four foremothers of uh, the Academy. And distinguishing films, and then what happens? You know, while well, they're awarding silent films, and then you know, Wings is the first winner, and then oh, the talkies come in. The jazz singer. It's a special award because it is Ineligible in, uh, uh, I can't even say it And then title writing Which was a, a something that would soon disappear So It's long History is It's fascinating It's fascinating Because you know back then they knew who the winners were it, I think it was done in the afternoon You know they had a big soiree and now it's television. And to quote Lauren Bacall, okay, this is the 95th Oscars. <laughs> Lauren Bacall said, you know, when it wasn't on television and everyone knew each other, and then, you know, you won. And now it's about television. You know, and even, and then for people to predict, oh, you're going to win and you don't win. Okay and um yeah it's it's fascinating it's fascinating um because in the long run if you know you're not going to win but then you you know you mysteriously don't win what happens? Huh? So, yeah. There's a lot riding on it. Studio politics. And it happens. It happens. And, um, But then you think of the films, these legendary... You know, Mark... Marlon Brando and The Godfather. And what did he do? He turned it down. He turned it down. Okay. or The Godfather winning. The Godfather is the only film in Academy history to win Best Picture for the first film and its sequel. Godfather 1 and Godfather, well, Godfather and The Godfather Two. Okay, so there's that, and everyone that was involved with Godfather, you know, Francis Ford Coppola, and Francis Ford Coppola. I mean, come on, nope, they did not want him to make that film. And how the cast was nominated Yeah It's a a legendary film It's a legendary film And what happened It It received Best Picture You know So yeah Yeah That's saying something about this legendary academy. Legendary. So for 95 years, we have, you know, you you kind of, oh, God, who's going to win? I remember being a kid and not really understanding the whole politics of it. And I remember my mother was watching it and Sigourney Weaver, I always loved Sigourney Weaver and I loved her in Ghostbusters And that's how I knew her. She was in the Ghostbusters I was like, okay And she didn't win Someone else won She was nominated for two awards She was nominated for The Accused or no, I'm sorry. See how tired I am? She was nominated for Working Girl and Gorillas in the Mist. And she lost to Jodie Foster for The Accused, an and actress. And then supporting, I think that was Gina Davis for The Accidental Tourist. So, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, but that's the lady from Ghostbusters. I like her. How come she's not going to win? So, yeah, that's, I mean, I could go on and on about why certain people should win, you know, but it doesn't make a difference. What makes it, you know, is we remember those performances, okay? Like Marlena Marlena Dietrich was only nominated once. She didn't didn't get nominated for Witness for the Prosecution. She should have because she was so brilliant where she says, damn you. And how, and how she uses everything that she was a big star and, you know it's like oh we can't nominate the big star well why not why not so that's my gripe about the award season as always unpleasant dreams